for the sake of military endeavors. Worship is warfare. Do you understand we can get more done blessing God than we can binding the devil? Now I ain't saying we don't ever bind the devil, but I promise you there's more power in blessing God. Then it is binding the devil. When we're saying thank you, we are destroying the devil's kingdom. Do you understand that worship is public protest? Every time we're worshiping, we are actually exercising public protest against the devil that can't stand the sound of thank you, Jesus. Think about it. Every time we're attacked, what's our last go-to? Come on. We'll worry first. We'll call somebody. We'll need somebody to talk to. We'll explain it. We'll get a headache about it. We'll get frustrated about it. And after we finish all doing all that, the last thing we want to do is worship. Because that's the enemy's intention. Amen. When we worship, that's public protest. Hallelujah. That's me saying... I'm not going to be silent. Even when it's bad, he's good. I wonder if I could get a witness up in here. And that, my brothers and sisters, must be developed. That, my brothers and sisters, we must be trained in. Because as much as we say amen now, we'll have to st step in the furnace and exercise it. Amen? Bless his name. And so... Um, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 3, verse number 6. And I want, I want that in the New Living Translation, if you don't mind. I usually try to, to stay with King James, but I'm not going to do that today. Um, I thank God having with us Miss Shalonda Holmes. Can we thank God for Miss Shalonda Holmes, a guest of Miss Philistine McCullough. Bless you. We're glad that you're here with us. Thank you for visiting. We pray the Lord blesses you. Amen. We thank God for Miss, I hope I said this right, Judy Jernigan. Sister Judy. Jackie Lynn Jernigan. Bless you, sis. Bless you. She's, I guess, with our, our, our sister, Miss Joanne. We thank God for you being here. And, and Mr. Ethan. <laughs> we bless the Lord. And I'm glad my brother's sister is here too as well. Jarvis and Stacey, we thank God for you being here with us uh, today. Bless the Lord. Amen. Let me get to this. And we're going to deal with worship's boot camp. And I promise you, there are some mysteries that God is going to solve today. I, I believe the Lord has unlocked some mysteries um, um, to, to, uh, to us today through this word. Amen. And I want to take my time and teach it. I don't plan on preaching. I plan on teaching today, taking my time and, and really rooting and grounding us. Honestly, when you're teaching, you're still preaching. Amen. It's, you know, bless his name. Exodus chapter three, verse number six. I'm, I'm dealing with worship's boot camp. I'm going to jump into this. This is God now speaking 
to Moses when he is commissioning Moses after 40 years on the backside of the wilderness. He's sending him back to Egypt to, to lead the endeavor of bringing them out of Egyptian bondage. This is his interaction. This is after Moses has seen the burning bush, turned to the burning bush, found out he was talking to God. And this is, we're jumping in, in the midst of their conversation when he's saying, Moses, I'm sending you to Egypt, right? Exodus chapter three, um, verse number six, it reads, this is God speaking to Moses. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Verse 7. Then the Lord told him, watch this key verse, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries, everybody say cries, of distress because of their harsh slave drivers the the king james version says taskmasters harsh slave drivers yes i am aware of their suffering so i have come down to rescue them from the power of the egyptians and lead them out of egypt into their own fertile and spacious land it is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. Everybody say, reach. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. I want to deal with worship's boot camp. Did your neighbor tell your neighbor worship has a boot camp? Somebody on the other side of you tell them worship has a boot camp. Father, we thank you. And we bless you right now for the power of your word. Your word speak up to us, your people, and accomplish the reason for which you sent it. Thank you for speaking to us today. May it bring forth fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. It's in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to start Exodus 3, verse 9. I'm going to reread that verse out of the New Living Translation. And I'm going to start breaking down an understanding of uh, worship's boot camp. I want to deal with worship's boot camp. Amen. If, if we look at Exodus 3 and 9, a portion of the dialogue of God commissioning Moses, he says, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached. Everybody say reached. Has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now, a little bit more background. After Israel had went through 400 years of hard bondage, 400 years of literally bone-breaking forced labor, literally being under the scourge and cruelty, of godless 
taskmasters. God calls Moses and sends him as an apostle to bring Israel out from this problematic place. Now, what I want you to notice that sets up everything else, if we're going to understand worship's boot camp, I want you to notice what God says is what initiates or sets into motion his decision to send Moses to be his agent of deliverance. What initiated God's response to say to Moses, I'm sending you to bring my uh, people out? What set into motion God's inward decision to come down and say, Moses, I'm sending you. That's what I, I, I want you to notice. God says, watch this. The cry. Everybody say cry. Everybody say cry. God says the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. The cry of, or the cry of the people of God has reached heaven. Now cry in this verse speaks of Israel's collective voice. It wasn't just one or two people in Israel crying to God. It wasn't just somebody over here and somebody over there. It was three million people lifting their voice, raising their, uh, declaring and crying unto God. They were releasing a corporate outcry. That's key. He, he was saying literally their outcry their audible crying out to me has reached me. What's the revelation? The revelation is this. Our cry has a reach. And every cry don't reach him. I want you to sit there. He said their cry reached me. If, that, if there is a cry that reaches him, there has to be a cry that doesn't. Our cry has a reach. Your neighbor tell your neighbor, our cry has a reach. Maybe I could put it this way. Our cry has a measurement. Our cry has a length. Our cry has an extent. Our cry has a dimension of distance. The cry of the people of Israel has reached. So I want you to understand something, people of God, when we begin to cry out unto God, we're doing much more than making noise when we cry out. Through our crying, we're reaching. I know you hear hallelujah, hallelujah, but God sees this. I know you hear, thank you, Jesus, thank you, but God sees this. I know you hear, I'll bless you, God, I'll bless you, God. That's what you hear, but God hears this. God sees this. He sees somebody reaching because when we're crying to God, we're reaching for God. Crying out to God is the way we Reach for God. Glory be to God. 
You ever had a child that reached for you? Amen. Even if it's not your child, it can be any child. But if they reach for you, I was sitting there praising God. Hallelujah. And Johanna, amen, began to walk by me while I was praising God. And all she did, glory be to God, she walked underneath me and did this. All she did, did y'all see it while we were worshiping? I believe God was setting this up. And that because she reached for me, I came down. Y'all ain't hearing me. I came down and picked her up from where she was and brought her to where I was. Glory be to the living God. Because of her reach, she got lifted Johanna gets in my arms and then Journey looks over. She said, hold on. If she reached and you picked her up, I'm going to see what happened when I reached. And before you know it, I got two of them in my hands. And the only reason why they got lifted up is because they reach. I wonder if there's anybody in here that recognizes that God is a better daddy than me. And if daddy sees his babies. why you gotta cry out that's why you gotta reach because somebody needs to see what happens when a child of god reaches for daddy they need to see you lifted up they need to see you delivered they need to see you get a breakthrough they need to see god grab you and move you from where you were i believe the lord set that up because he he knew what i was about to preach Through our crying, we're literally reaching. Glory be to God. And the only reason why I reach for something is to reach it. Right? I ain't ain't reaching just to be reaching. I'm reaching to, to reach it. And God says, when you reach me, I come down. He said, they done messed around and reached me, and now I'm coming down. Come on, now I'm moving into their circumstance. Now I'm coming into their situation because you can't reach God without him coming down. The reason why the glory came into this house the way it came into this house about seven minutes ago is because seven to 12 people made up in their mind they're going to reach. And when daddy sees children reaching, he comes down. Our problem is we think we got to come up to satisfy God, but God will come down to lift us up to satisfaction. Watch this. So, so then he says, now I'm going to show you something. This is when we get into the boot camp. Exodus 3 verse 7, I'm going to read this. It says, then the Lord told him, I'm going to read this again. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. My question to you is, why was the Israelites crying out to God? 
why did their cry reach God? Because of the harshness of the, their oppressive situation. Y'all see that? I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Because of a circumstance that God allowed and actually prophesied to Abram that his descendants would be in and go through for 400 years was the reason their cry actually reached heaven. Glory be to God. This is where it gets tough and I need you to get a kingdom mind. Why did they have to go through 400 years of harsh labor? God was using Egypt to develop his people's worship reach. I'm going to say that again because I need that to sit on you. God was using Egypt to develop his people's worship reach. The only reason why the reach of their cry, the measurement, the length, the extent of them crying out to God actually got to God was because of the length and severity of their situation. It was their harsh slave masters who developed their cry to the place where it could reach heaven God was using the I know this is kingdom God was using the oppressive circumstances of Egypt to develop his people's worship reach their cry would have never gotten to heaven without their enemies I wish I could talk a minute here they would have never reached God without their enemies count it all joy when I fall into diverse temptations because sometimes we come to church and we ain't really reaching so God will allow the enemy to come in and develop our reach anybody ever been there before I know I have I can only speak for me there were times I come to church and I'll reach like this I'll stand up if you play a song I like glory be to God but outside of that you ain't gonna see me like this you ain't gonna see me reaching like this you ain't gonna see me cocking my head back you ain't gonna see me running around these chairs you ain't gonna see me holler out but I messed around and got in some situations I messed around and got in situations I thought I wasn't going to make it out of. I messed around and thought I was going to lose my family and knew if God didn't show up, I was. So I learned that this reach ain't going to be enough. I'll start coming to church glory be to God hallelujah I wouldn't bless God the way that I bless God if the devil wouldn't have hit me like he hit me I would not be so on fire for the living God if the devil wouldn't attack my body like he attacked my body I learned how to reach from God through my enemy my enemy was literally my footstool to give me a fiery worship is there anybody in here that can say if it had not been for the devil I wouldn't bless God like this I didn't develop this reach because everything was going good I developed this reach 
because of harsh slave drivers. Listen to me, because some of you are reaching like this. And I want you to understand, when you come to church and reach like this, you're going to have to go through boot camp. Some of y'all come to church and y'all just kind of like whatever, and you think that's going to be all right. And you don't understand, that ain't going to reach God. Every, come on. That ain't going to reach God. They're telling me to stand before this break. Is y'all worried about me falling? He's able to keep me from falling. Glory. This is, amen. Some of you don't have a worship reach that reaches God. You know when your worship reaches God because your worship shifts the atmosphere. Come on. You know when somebody reached God, you can hear it in the voice. There's people that know how to sing notes, and there's people that know how to have a sound that reaches God. They don't hit half the keys the other person hit, but there is a liberty that flushes in the room as soon as they open their mouth. There are some people that say thank you, and the atmosphere is still stiff, but there's some folk, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, their thank you begins to shift stuff and make other people want to say thank you. They reach God. And every time we reach God, he comes down. See, some of us know how to reach God now. Come on, we know how to stretch out. Come on, we come to church like this. We, 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 we know how to extend ourselves. We know how to lengthen our span. Glory be to God. Not only are we like this, but I ain't even going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to be stretching out coming towards you. Come on. Some of us come to church like this, but don't you dare think we come to church like that because we just decided we wanted to bless God. Any worshiper will tell you we have some cruel taskmasters that if you knew where I've been, you would understand why I bless God the way that I bless God. If you lost what I lost, if people, glory be to God, lied on you like they lied on me, you would understand. God employs our trials and tribulations to teach us how to worship fully extended. Amen. I'll just if we're gonna worship God, we're gonna worship God fully extended. So I'm coming to church like this every Sunday. I'm coming to church like this every Wednesday. And you know what the good news is? It's not because of cruel taskmasters anymore. I already been through boot camp. I already learned how to reach. Now I reach like that, and there's money in the bank. Now I reach like that, and my body is healed. Now I reach like that, and my marriage is good. Now I reach like that and everything is working for my good. I just learned the reach. I don't need a trial to cry out. I don't need a trial to stretch out. I don't need a trial to cry unto God. I 
I've learned through boot camp. You know when somebody's been through boot camp. Because folk, you'll see folk crying, they be asking you what's wrong. Ain't nothing wrong. Why are you crying? God is good. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Ain't nothing happening. Ain't nothing hurting me. But I've been through boot camp. And I figured out if he'll pull me out when I reach for him, he'll keep me out if I keep reaching for him. Why would I stop reaching when reaching got me out? The same thing that got me out will be the same thing that keeps me out. I've learned how to be a fully extended worshiper. So every time that music cranks up, don't dare look at me funny because I'm crying. Don't dare look at me funny because I'm shouting. Don't criticize me because I've been to work all day like you. And yes, I'm too tired to do all that. Maybe you ain't been through boot camp yet. Glory be to the living God. You ain't been through enough yet to recognize that every time we gather together, we all need to be reaching like our life depends on it. We all need to be reaching like there is no tomorrow. God employs trials and tribulations to teach us how to worship fully extended. God takes us through worship boot camp so we can learn how to be fully extended worshipers. Hallelujah. I'm talking about we come home tired after church because we didn't worship God so far hard. Come on, we, we're worshipers that reach him. Come on. We're worshipers that reach heaven. We're worshipers that reach fresh oil. We're worshipers that reach breakthrough. We're worshipers that re reach deliverance. We're worshipers that reach healing. Come on. We, if we see healing, that means there was somebody here that reached it. If, if we see deliverance, there was somebody here that reached it. If we see breakthrough, if we see somebody get saved, there was somebody in here that reached heaven. And daddy came in. Amen. After we complete boot camp, we'll be fully, we'll worship fully extended. Amen. Boot camp is necessary to teach us how to reach. Without boot camp, we'll go through the motions and only reach when we feel like it. Amen. We'll approach this like it's religion. We'll approach this like God understands how I feel. Amen. God understands how I feel. He know I, man, people don't always feel like doing church. People don't always feel like blessing God. Some people are just quiet. Oh, you ain't been through boot camp yet, have you? <laughs> Amen? Sometimes God has to teach us to cry out through saying, ouch. Worship is that important. Amen? Lifting our voice to God is that important. And some of us haven't done it in a long time. Amen? And we wonder why we're under some of the situational stresses that we're in. They're not there to kill you. They're there to open that cry back up. 
Then there, glory be to God, to open the well in your belly back up. Because the enemy has tried to silence you through the attack. When in actuality, the attack is supposed to be the grace you need to cock your neck back and begin to cry out and worship your God again. I got good news for you. You're not there to die. You're there for God to come down. He's just waiting for you to get back to the place where you'll extend and stretch out in worship again. You're not going to stay there. You ain't gonna, God said the moment that their cry reached heaven, he said, I'm sending you right now. They didn't reach me. I'm coming down today. I'm coming down this moment. I'm coming down this week. I'm coming down this month. What I'm telling you is there's some stuff that's going to have to give you some space this month. There's some stuff that's going to have to change in your house this month because of worship. The princes of this world messed up. He said, I'm coming down and I'm bringing you out and I'm bringing you into a spacious land. He said, spacious land. In other words, some of you feel like you ain't got no room. You feel like you're suffocating. You feel like you're trapped in a box. But God said, I'm about to extend your tent pen. I am coming down because of your worship that I've developed through the attack of the enemy so I can bring you out and give you some space. Amen. This is the key. This is the key. Y'all still with me? The key is I'm not striving to get to God. When I'm talking about stretching to God, I'm not talking about striving. There's a difference between stretching and striving. We don't reach him because through our striving we reach him. It's not by our effort. Now follow this because this is powerful. We reach him because we live a lifestyle of reaching for him. I'm going to say that again. We reach him because we live a lifestyle of reaching for him. God allows us to reach him simply because we're reaching for him. Amen. He is a rewarder of them that diligently, we could, instead of seek, say reach. He's not rewarding you because you know how to reach him. He's rewarding you for reaching for him. He is a rewarder of those that diligently, the world is designed to get us to reach for everything but God. Amen? Come on. Man, it's so easy to reach for this phone. It's so easy to reach for the remote. Come on. It's so easy to reach for the device. It's so easy to reach for what we're going to eat. It's so easy to reach for success. It's so easy to reach for things. And that's by design because the enemy attacks our reach. Come on. It is literally a miracle to find someone who has nothing to do. Their schedule is clear and they spend that time actually reaching for God. I ain't got nothing to do. I ain't got nowhere to be. I ain't got nobody to see. And I'm putting my phone up. I'm cutting my TV off. I'm getting in the middle of my living room and I'm about to reach for God. It is literally a miracle to see somebody in church today reach for God like that. Because our attack has been, our reach has been attacked so much. Amen. There's so many other things the devil wants us reaching for. There's two factors. 
of why it's so difficult to develop a reach because we got to go through boot camp. Some of you are going through boot camp right now. The devil's not attacking you. God is using the devil to give you your reach back. There's two reasons why it's so hard for us to, uh, to reach for God or live a lifestyle of reach, reaching God. We don't reach God through striving. We reach God through living a lifestyle of reaching. Amen? We, we develop a lifestyle of reaching. Come here, Justin. Justin is God. And see, when I first start with God, when I first walk with God, when I, when I first begin sa being saved and blessed, amen, God, now just face me. What God will do is he'll come close. Glory be to God. He'll come real close to me like this. So we face to face. So all I have to do to reach him is this. He'll start out like that. It's honeymooning. I'm talking about, about, I say thank before I get to you, glory is there. I mean, I clap, oh, I feel great. I read a scripture, it is phenomenal. I shout, I feel good. It's, all I got to do is reach this far. I'm, I'm hitting God every time. But God is saying, I need to develop your reach. Just like I teach a baby to walk, I teach you to reach for me. Y'all ain't talking to me right now. So what I do is take three steps back. Just take a step back. And now what happens is, he says, because I'm developing your reach, I am going to now not respond when you reach at the distance you once reached. So now you say thank and there's no glory before the you. Now you praise and it's not hidden like it was. Now now you shout and, and you're not touching him. And, and we're thinking the devil's attacking us and we're thinking something is wrong. But in actuality, God said, no, I'm developing your reach you will not reach me again unless you stretch beyond that and so now where I had to do this now I have to do this and now I'm reaching God again and, and glory be to God and it's not because I strived it's not because I earned it it's because God is teaching me a lifestyle of reaching and you know what happens he'll let us reach and touch him where we are for a while and then he'll move back some more glory be to God and now I can no longer reach him where I am. The only way I'm going to reach him is if I stretch and move forward. Y'all ain't hear me. And I get to him here. And he'll let me be here for a while. He'll let me enjoy this for a while. Then he'll move back some more. And I'll have to continue to now develop my reach and my walk to continue the glory of the living God in my life and some of our issue and problem is God is here and we're still back here like this trying to reach God what I'm telling you is you will not experience God like you did anymore like that you're going to have to stretch you will not experience the power of God like there anymore getting up and used to get up at 5 a.m. and pray for 30 minutes and that was okay and now the glory's not there because God is saying stretch you used to glory be to God you would read one verse a day and that was enough. But God is saying, now stretch. You you would read your 15 devotional and that was enough. But now God is saying. God isn't denying you. He's developing you. Baby, you in boot camp. You in worship's boot camp, and we can continue to reach like we've been reaching and act like we're being touched by God when we're not. 
God will never touch you there again. Once he moves, that'll never happen. That's where we become religious. There's only one way I'm going to experience God at the level I once did. I got to stretch and move forward. Until I touch him. Glory be to God. And then he's going to move again. And then he's going to move again. So one of our reasons why we never become fully extended worshipers is because God is committed to developing our reach. Their cry has reached heaven. I'm coming down. That's number one. Number two is because after the God extends to to develop our reach, the devil will come. I'm not calling anybody who I call the the devil. You're just going to play the devil right now. Come on up, son. Yeah, come on. Stand right here. Yeah, right there. That's good. What happens is the devil will see God developing my worship extension and my worship reach, and he'll come in between where I need to reach and allow me to reach something that keeps me from ever extending and reaching God. He'll give me alternate, uh, alternate targets. So now he'll let me reach my financial goals. He'll let me reach my, 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 my recreation goals. He'll let me reach the car I want. He'll let me reach the house I want. And he'll say, trade that in for reaching God. Uh, yep, that's what happens. Uh, I wish I could get a witness up in here. Uh, because some of you ha- aren't reaching God, but you ain't trying to stretch. Uh, because you found something else you could reach. Uh, but I'm telling you, that is a strategy of the devil. That is... Uh, a demonic force uh, that wants to keep you from becoming a dangerous worshiper that when you open your mouth heavens opens its gate and God floods in the room look at your neighbor tell your neighbor you gotta reach past that I know you got the money you won't keep reaching I know you got the job you won't keep reaching the devil loves to give us something we can reach Especially while God is developing our reach. That's number one. That's one thing the devil does. Number two is, to, to what he knows when God is developing our reach, what he'll do is he'll war against us. Begin to swing on me like playfully now, just real slow. <laughs> just keep on, just like keep doing this. Right? So he'll begin to war. Yeah, be clear. Uh, he'll begin to war against me. Because what he wants to do is he knows I need to be reaching for him. Instead of reaching, he wants me fighting. So so now, instead of reaching for God, I'm fighting the devil. And the devil don't mind me defeating him because I'll defeat him. And then I will bless God for defeating him. And then he'll come back and he'll fight again. Says, as long as you ain't reaching, you just try fighting me. And you think fighting me is giving you the victory. But, but actually reaching for him is. Is what's giving you the victory. And so we're just going 12 rounds with the devil and never reaching for God. Glory be to God. We're fighting instead of reaching. Keep swinging on me. But you know what we got to learn to do? This is going to mess you up and this is kingdom mindedness. We have to, while the devil is swinging, stop fighting and keep reaching. I'm talking about why he's hitting me. 
The devil is hitting me. He, my, he's knocking me. He's attacking my family. He's attacking my body. And I ain't going to fight the devil. I'm going to keep reaching for God while he's hitting me. And eventually when I reach God, I heard James 4 say, submit to God. Uh-oh, you hit me while I reached him. So now we're going to switch places. And my God is going to handle you because I got to where I needed to get. I didn't fight. I reached. I didn't bind. I blessed. I didn't give up. I shouted. And my God showed up. Who is this king of glory? He is the Lord God strong and mighty. I need somebody to shout. Let God arise. And let your enemies be scattered. This is a season you got to stop fighting and start reaching even while the devil is fighting you. Let him hit you. He's going to pay for it in a minute. Uh, let him swing on you. Uh, God is about to make him pay the bill for that. He's going to return sevenfold uh, for every tear he made you cry. For every time you felt like quitting. For every time you thought you were dying. The devil's going to pay. Try tell your neighbor, keep reaching. I know it's hard, keep reaching. I know it's hard to go to work with all that's going on, keep reaching. I know it's hard because of the way they talk to you, but keep reaching. I know it's hard because you feel that pain in your body, but keep reaching. I need about, about 20 extended worshipers. Uh, 20 worshipers that are willing for 10 seconds to fully extend. Bless God right now. Come on. 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 Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I ain't going to fight. I'm going to reach. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, the devil is messed up now. Oh, the devil is messed up now. I thought I had to fight my way out of this, but I'm going to reach my way out of this one. Come on, I thought I had I thought I had to war my way out of this, but I'm going to worship my way out of this one. You're in worship's boot camp. In worship's boot camp, you learn how to reach for God while the devil's swinging. You only learn that in boot camp. You learn how to say thank you without a yes. You learn how to say, God, you're good, and the door didn't open. Glory be to God. That's, you get that through boot camp. While the devil swings, I'm talking about why he's attacking your mind. God, you're good. And you've given me power, love, and sound mind. I'm talking about my mind jumping back and forth. But I've learned how instead of trying to fight what's in my mind, reach for the God who's given me power, love, and sound mind. Instead of get it myself, I'll get to the one that gave it to me. Neighbor, tell your neighbor, reach. Man, I'm about to put down the boxing gloves and pick up the anointing oil. He anointed my head with oil. 
my cup runs over. I'm about to put down the sword and pick up the harp. Glory be to God. David, this ain't a time to kill Goliath. This is a time to say he anoints my head. Get your heart. Watch this. I'm going to show you something else. Somebody shout boot camp. We're dealing with worship boot camp. I need you to understand what it is when you're in boot camp, number one. The first thing is that God will use the enemy's challenges to develop your cry. When you're in the midst of harsh, oppressive things, that ain't a time to be silent. God is actually trying to develop your ability to open your mouth. Number two, when we are now in boot camp, he now is keen on developing our reach. So there were ways that we once reached God that at some point won't work anymore. And it's not because God left us or he's denied us, but he is committed to developing our reach. Number three, while he's developing our reach, the devil will step in and try to give us something alternate to reach. And so now we must understand how to to get something besides God, but continue reaching for God. Number four, that while we are reaching, if, if the devil, if we're not satisfied by reaching something besides God, then he'll fight us because he wants us fighting instead of reaching. And so when we're in boot camp, we learn how to keep reaching even when the devil's fighting us. Amen? Now, now watch this, and I'm going to take it a step further. Somebody shout boot camp. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you this. The only reason why I know this is because of what I've been through. It ain't, this ain't intellectualism. Amen. This ain't book smarts. Amen. This is looking back on what God has done. I'm going to read two scriptures real quick. And and I believe this right here is a mind-blowing. What I'm about to share with you, I believe, is the wisdom of God. It's a revelation that's necessary um, um, that will, will shift us as a people in this house. Exodus 3, verse 18. Let's go here. And we can do that in the King James. I'm almost done, y'all. Come on, y'all still with me? Exodus 3, 18. Now watch this. He says, And they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, And you shall say unto him, the Lord God of the Hebrews hath met us, and now let us go, we beseech thee, three days. Everybody say three days. Journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice. Everybody say worship. Anywhere you see the word sacrifice, you can now replace it with worship because worship is an act of sacrifice. He said, let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may worship, sacrifice, worship to our Lord, our God. Y'all see that? Everybody say three days. Now I want to go to another verse that validates and confirms this too as well. Exodus 8 verse 27. It says this, we will go three days. Everybody say three days. Journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord, our God. As he shall, or we'll go three days journey into the wilderness and what y'all worship the Lord, our God, as he shall command us. Now watch this. Now, I believe this is profound. 
I believe that this is revolutionary in us understanding how to move forward as a people, as believers. Watch this now. After three days' journey out of Egypt, after 72 hours out of Egypt, into the wilderness, watch this, Israel was to stop, make sacrifices or worship, right? After making three days' distance, after making 72 hours' distance, between them and their bondage, they were to stop and worship. After making 72 hours worth of distance between them and their bondage, I'm going to say that again, they were to stop and worship because God had them in boot camp, watch this, and was teaching them a principle between the relationship or, the, or teaching a principle between the relationship of coming out and staying out and worship. He was teaching them a principle about coming out and staying out of bondage and worship. How coming out and staying out is connected to worship. They were only three days distance from their bondage. They was only 72 hours away from where they had been for 400 years. Where, what, what they had been bound by for 400 years. They were, that, there was only three days for them before they would, went back. They weren't that far away. He said, after you get three days away from it. Woo! I need you to worship. The reason why they were to worship three days out of bondage, I, I need y'all to get this, was because the worship three days out was going to be the necessary factor to give them a lifetime out. If they didn't get their worship right three days out, they'll probably go back. Whew. Listen to me and listen to me well. This is just a revelation from heaven. We'll never get more than three days distance from our bondage without worship. I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to let that sit on you, and I will, I'll develop it, but I need y'all to get this. We'll never get more than three days distance from our bondage without worship. We'll never get more than 72 hours distance from our bondage without worship. Worship distances us from what was previously defeating us. All right? You want me to prove it to you? And some of you can bear witness with me. If we've been delivered and haven't embraced worship, we're only three bad days away from backsliding. I wonder if I could get a witness up in here. Let three bad days happen in a row and we struggle with drugs and think we ain't going to get high again. Let three days, bad days happen in a row and we struggle with drinking and think we ain't going to drink again. Let three bad days in a row happen where they talk to you any old type of way, call you out your name before you go back to cursing folk out. Let three, God talking back to me because if worship is not cemented in place, all it takes is three bad days to feel depressed all over again. All it takes is three bad days to feel overwhelmed again. All it takes is 
us three bad days to feel like quitting again. Why are y'all acting like y'all don't know what I'm talking about? We all know all it takes by Sunday we feel the glory of God and by Tuesday morning we're struggling again. It don't even take three days before we're back in the bondage because we don't know once we come out for three days if we don't give worship Within 72 hours, we'll be crying about it again if we don't give worship. Within 72 hours, we'll be mad about it again if we don't give worship. Within 72 hours, we'll be scared of it again. All it takes, all it takes if we don't become worshipers three days out, it's three bad days. And we feel like quitting again. I wonder if I get a witness in here. Anybody ever been there before? Glory be to God. I'm talking about you were saved, you love God, and you came out. But a couple of bad days hit you. I'm talking about bad days and what you didn't see nothing good. I'm talking about bad days and what nothing working. And you start thinking about and feeling the way that you felt that you know you came out of. It don't take long when we're not in the proper place of worship. Just three days. Just three days. If we don't get this worship thing right, we're only three bad days away from returning to our vomit. Amen? I know because I've been there before. It didn't take long. Man, I was feeling it on Wednesday. By next Sunday, I had to be resurrected. I done died. And my hope done died. My joy done died. My feeling that I had the victory done died. It didn't take more than three days. He says, so what I need you to do when you get three days out, don't just try to keep going. Stop and worship. Stop and make sacrifices. Stop and develop your glorifying of me. Come on, stop and pay me homage. Stop and yield to me. Come on. He, he, do you know what he said? He did. I need you to stop and sacrifice. Uh, you know what sacrifice means? Uh, sacrifice means slaughter and submit. Yeah, that's why he said sacrifice. He's talking about killing something. He said, after you get three days out, uh, the way you worship me is you slaughter and submit. Uh, there's something you got to put to death. I know we don't like that in today's church. Uh, I know that they'll jive with uh, uh, 21st century Christianity. But if you were really thankful, about what I did for you then you would kill something for me that'll keep you from me kill that attitude kill that cursing spirit come on kill those relationships that keep on pulling you back worship demands a slaughtering something they will tell you they got to be a slaughter there's some numbers that have to be removed from your phone. There has to be a slaughter. Come on. There's some, there's some connections that ha you have to be disconnected from. You're trying to get more than three days away, but you're still calling and hanging out with the people that you do what you do with. When are you going to worship me? You're going to have to slaughter that. Amen. Sacrifice. We'll never get more than three days distance from our bondage without going through worship's boot camp. Y'all hear what I'm saying? This is the reason why so many saints are up and down and back and forth. They don't know what to do at three days. Glory be to God. I have to 
God, God don't give us long before he says, okay, I need you to come on in with this worship thing. And that's going to start with slaughtering something. That's going to start with walking away from something. That's going to start with cutting off something. That's going to start with distancing yourself from something. That's going to start by you counting something a loss. Otherwise, you'll always be three days away from going back. What is it that God is saying slaughter and submit to in your life? Because he's ready to move you more than three days of distance from your bondage. What is it that you got to cut off? What is it? Do you have to change your number? Come on. Do you have to move out of that? So what do you have to do? Do you have to stop talking like that? Do you have to break that train of thought? What do you have to slaughter to get more than three days distance between you and your bondage? Worship gives us distance. Hallelujah. Ain't that a blessing? Worship gives us distance. There was a time where on Sunday, if something attacked me on Monday, by the end of Monday, I was ready to quit again. But I'd mess around and learn how to worship. And I'll put a little bit more distance than that. The devil going to have to do more than something for 24 to 48 to 72 hours to make me want to give up and quit. Amen. It's so funny to me. And I'm closing. That if you read the beginning of Exodus, the Bible says, I'm sending you to Israel. So you can go bring my people out of Egypt and bring them into a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of the Hittites, Parasites, Parasites, <laughs> Ammonites, Amorites, all the Hittites, all the ites. But then he turns around when he gets in front of Pharaoh and says, let my people go so they can take three days journey. And worship me in the wilderness. Now, when he commissioned Moses, he said, I'm sending you to bring them out into a land flowing with milk and honey. But then when he gets to Pharaoh, he says, tell Pharaoh, you're bringing them out to take them three days journey into the wilderness that they may worship. So it almost seems like God changed his mind. He did not change his mind, but you're dealing with the purpose and the pit stop. Every purpose has a pit stop, right? The purpose is Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey. The pit stop is worship in the wilderness. Many times we never get the purpose because we run from the pit stop. Because it's just that, a pit stop. Feels like you're in a pit. Anybody ever been there before? It feels like you were in a pit. Ain't that what Joseph was in? Joseph was in a pit, but it wasn't a pit to kill him. It was a pit stop. There's a difference between a pit to kill you and a pit. They threw him in a pit, but it was a pit stop to position him to be prime minister. If he would have never been in that pit, he would have never been promoted. Every purpose has a pit stop. So the purpose is Canaan. The pit stop is worship in the wilderness. If I reject the pit stop, I won't be prepared to enter the purpose. Why? He said, because I'm going to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey and unto a place, the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. No, it got, that purpose has something in it. 
but it also got someone in it. Your blessing has a blocker. I know we don't like because we just think the blessing is just going to come, but blessings always come with blockers. Your blessing has blockers called giants. Amen? Your blessing has blockings called giants, and if you're going to enter your purpose, you need a pit stop called worship. Because worship is what prepares you for warfare. Amen? He, what, what God was saying was, you're not going to be ready to fight giants because I taught you how to swing a sword and a spear. You're going to be ready to fight giants because I brought you to a depth of war, worship that will give you success in warfare. There is no purpose without the pit stop. Amen? That's why drivers, car, car riders, they call them the pit stop. They're not there because they're in a pit. Come on. They're there so they can have what's necessary to finish the race. Worship is what's necessary to finish the race. It's necessary to finish the race. God is ready to put distance between us and what bound us. He's ready. But after three days, you know what we have to do to get that distance? We have to worship. We have to, we have to go through worship's boot camp. That's wilderness. Many of us have tried to fight instead of reach. Many of us have tried to, to do all those things. And, and don't get me wrong. I can relate, and I'm not telling you that these aren't some of the things that I went through through. This ain't something that I just learned in the book. This is something I've lived through. But God is saying, calm back down. Slow back up. I have you in boot camp. This pit stop is not your destiny. It's just necessary for your purpose. I need more distance between you and what bound you than three days. 72 hours. I need more than that before you. And only worship can give that to you. Nothing else. Are you willing? Again, for those of you that have been fighting instead of reaching, are you willing again to hear my cry? Shift your posture. Say yes to the boot camp. Let me make you what I want to make you. It's been a while since I came down in your living room like I once did. It's been a while since I came down in your car. All I've been doing is looking for, looking for your reach. Would you allow me to move those things that you've reached that's keeping you from reaching for me? Are you willing to put those things to the side and reach for me again? Everybody standing to your feet.